Welcome to It's Time, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode of It's Time, we'll listen to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of 2 Samuel. This book is especially important as it focuses entirely on the life of King David, the line of Christ. Examining the triumphs and troubles of David, we can learn a lot about being a person after God's own heart. With the timely study on 2 Samuel, here's Pastor Mike. Sometimes you're going to be really blessed by people and other times you're going to be hated by people. And what's really confusing is when sometimes it's the same person. Depending on when you come to it, it sounds like some of you guys that are dating. Uh, anyway, but you, you look at this and you realize that, that God is the one that, that, that is our defense. And, and friends, you need him because, because of the nature of the business at hand, because you are a spiritual being. God is alive in your soul that you're going to have enemies. Now, I, I know that's hard because we're taught in school. Now, 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 Susie, you know, go up and, 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 you know, curtsy and you'll be a cheerleader and everybody will like you. And we, we want to be liked. I want to be liked. But we're not liked. And, and, and the thing is, you know why? Because if, if you stand for anything, even in love, you're going to run, rub people the wrong way. It's just a matter of time and a matter of fact. It isn't going to happen. So, so then what do you do when that happens, well, the thing is, when your feelings get hurt and you get frustrated, there's two reactions that I found in my life. One, everybody hates me, nobody loves me, guess I'll go eat worms. Big bat, fuzzy ones, excuse me, fuzzy ones, worms. You know that song. The other side of me says, no problem here, kill them. There's no issue here. We see that. I'm just kidding, but I'm saying this is sometimes the nature. We can get real angry or our feelings get hurt and we get sulky. Amen? So where do you go when you are hated? Where do you go when you're despised? Where, where do you go when you recognize the enemies have shown their face? You know, it's interesting. There's always, there's always, it seems, a dark force in the crowd. You just see it. Uh, it might be at school. You might not be able to even put your, 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 you might not even know the name of the one that's doing it to you. But you know it's there. My dad has this saying, and I really love it. If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he says, well, if it doesn't make sense, there's more to the picture that you don't understand. And that's why you can't figure it out. You ever seen those kind of stories, those kind of issues? Where somebody's doing something to you, maybe it's your job, you can't figure out why they're doing it to you, only to find out that they were jockeying for position or trying to get in your way or, or something else. You find that out. And by the way, usually time reveals those things. We have enemies, friends, because you love God. And because you love God, David loved God, he had enemies. I, I, you look at the, the relationship that David had with Saul, all David continued to try to do for Saul was treat him good. And every single time, uh, Saul would turn on him. And, and in fact, Saul was, was such a liar. He'd say, oh, my son, I will, not, you know, I will not chase you anymore. You know, return. And the next day, he was out doing it again. That's what I'm saying. It's really tough when it's the same person being weird. Well, that's what it was with Saul. That's what it was concerning David. And I look at this and I realize that we're going to have enemies. And, and friends, I, I, I know we get tired of the battle. I, I get tired of the battle. You get tired of the battle? I get tired of the battle. I do. And, and so we, we kind of want to hit the, I think I'll run away mode. You know, shades on, top down, I'm out of here. 
And we like that thought. At least I do. And maybe someday God will let us do that. Certainly in the rapture, but maybe before. Who knows? But one thing we do know for sure is that God is the one that fights our battles. He goes on and he says this in verse 19. After he said they were too strong for me, those who hated me, they confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. It's interesting here. The day of my calamity, this is when they showed their face. Your enemies will wait, friends, until your weak point. This is just the way they work. In other words, they wait till you go through a crisis in your life, and so instead of being there for your support, they sit there as vultures waiting to devour you. Now, again, remember, this is David in a prayer to God. Now, let's get the context of what we're reading here. Now, now again, I, I think that's really cool that we can be honest with God. You know, have you ever prayed to God or heard somebody else pray? And sometimes it's funny, especially at Thanksgiving or Christmas. Say, Uncle Fred, would you please say the blessing, O most majestous goddess. In the farthest most universe, we ask you to bless us now this food to our bodies. And, and it's funny because they don't talk in 16th century King James English until they pray. But all of a sudden, they, they come up with all this stuff. And, and uh, you know, they, they, you know, they, they, you know, they just kind of do the show, you might say. But, you know, David here was real with God. And, and David said, eh, God, amen, I'm hurting. And, and you know what? God isn't offended by that. You can be honest with God, and God goes, yeah, I know. I like that. It isn't something that, in some way, that I have to butter my my words up. Now, I don't think we should ever be profane to God any more than we would be to anybody we loved. But I I do believe that we can be honest with God. And certainly David was here, and and, and being that way, and telling God, and remembering what he had been through so that he could give God the glory and give God the credit. Friends, again, when you've got enemies and when you have things go wrong in your life and then they all spring on you at the time of your calamity, this is what David is saying. In other words, at the lowest point in my life is where they manifested themselves. You look at that and you go, wow. Hey, I can relate with this guy. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I understand this. Notice, it says... They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. (laughs) You see, that's the X factor. That's what they didn't count on. And most people, even when they're backslidden from the Lord and attacking you, they forget the God factor. That's that part that God intervenes on your behalf in spite of who you are. (laughs) Now, sometimes we think, well, God, you know, I don't deserve your intervention in my life. Because I am a rascal. David was a rascal. I mean, look at the things this guy did. I mean, he did things that would keep you and me awake for years. I mean, had an affair with a woman, had a kid with her. Then he kills the guy's, uh, the, 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 the woman's husband so that he could marry her. And then he looks like a national hero because here he's marrying this poor, nice little pregnant girl. And, oh, now he's going to, you know, what a, what a welfare system. David's great, you know, um, you know, and then and then gets busted because, you know, he he he, what he did. And, and the thing is, is it that that um, when David was confronted, he, he repented. Now, now again, friends, um, did it bother him the rest of his life? Oh, I think it did. I think it did. 
But you know what? God was bigger than the things that he did wrong. And so all the while, I'm sure that David, whenever he was up, and it's interesting, the last time we were together when we studied uh, chapter 21, that the battles were still going on between the Philistines and Israel. And it wasn't like, well, I blew it, God. Don't ever bother helping me again. You ever felt that way? Well, God, I did something wrong, so, so I, I guess you're not really, even though I'm a Christian, even though I love you and I messed up, you're not really obligated to help me anymore. Not at all. God continues to help us even in spite of ourselves. With the understanding and the hopes that we'll grow closer to Him, understand the promises that He's got for us so that we don't have to take matters into our own hands. It says, He delivered me because He delighted in me. I I like that. In verse 20, again, He says, He also brought me into a broad place. He delivered me because He delighted in me. I like that. He delighted in you. You realize that in spite of all the things you've done wrong, God delights in you? I think that's pretty cool. If you think about it, man, that should just give you warm, goose-bubbly pimplies all over. And because, again, you're loved. And you're not loved. See, see, real love, real love is not predicated upon performance. Um, because it would be then an involuntary action. See, see a, a voluntary action simply says... I'm going to love you, period. That's unconditional love. But whenever there's an if attached to it, and this is what's wrong with American dating today, is I love you if you have money. I love you if you put out. I love you if you do this. I love you if you do that. And that's not love. That's a a self-seeking satisfaction that they're looking for irregardless of you. But real love says, I love you, period. And I love you even if you don't ever do anything for me. See, and this is why we understand then as we look at John 3.16, for God so loved the world. It wasn't anything that man did to make God love us. In fact, if you look at humanity at large, if you watch the newsreels of the Second World War, God, I just want to, if I was God, I'd nuke them all. Yeah, because we're not worthy of God's love. But God loves us in spite of ourselves. And how much more than you as a child of his, even if you mess up, God still loves you. And again, these these words are written from a man who messed up a lot. A man and a woman just like you. So so I look at this, and and, and to me it's great encouragement to know that God, in spite of the things we've done wrong, has has, has remained faithful to us and delights in us. You You know what delight is? Have you ever been delighted? I mean, you know, you open the Christmas present and there's that diamond pendulum that you always want. You know, you like it. That's the delight thing. You know, there's that selling. When, when you see something that, that, you, that you really enjoy, you really love, and you go, wow, I delight in that. That makes me happy. You, you see that. It makes a big difference. Well, look what he says. The Lord rewarded me. According to my righteousness, according to my cleanliness of my hands, he's recompensed me. Now, I, I like this because, again, David knew that it wasn't his righteousness. It was God's righteousness in him. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. See, again, David recognized that because he had a relationship with God, it was God's continual work in his life that allowed him to be blessed. Friends, again, it isn't in our own righteousness. If you look at this, now, friends, let's, let's, you know, back up. According to my cleanliness of my hands, he's recompensed me. He's rewarded me according to my righteousness. What did David do? He did a lot of really skunky things. But David understood something. He understood 
the forgiveness of God. Now, friends, you can let the things you've done past beat you up for your whole life, or you can trust God and let him intervene in your life. He says, I've kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. He did do those things, but you know what? He came back. And you know what David understood about forgiveness? God chooses not to remember your sins anymore and separate you from them as far as the east is from the west. For all his judgments were before me, and as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanliness in his eyes. Friends, again, David knew that he wasn't a righteous man. He knew he wasn't. But you know what's interesting here? He knew God's forgiveness. And again, can you say that tonight? I am blessed by God because I am righteous. That's pretty hard. You go, but it's true. You know why? Because your righteousness isn't your righteousness. Again, we never approach God because I'm good. That's why the Bible talks about the assurance of salvation that we have in Him. That's why I know I'm going to heaven. It's not because I'm good, it's because He's good. But because He's good and I'm clothed in Him, I'm good and you're good too if you're clothed in Christ. With the mercy, notice this in verse 26. "With with, With the merciful you have shown yourself merciful. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. With the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. You will save the humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty that you may bring them down. You you see, those people that think they're something. You know, when you realize you're only a heartbeat away from going to heaven, and that doesn't matter whether you're 25 or whether you're 75 or older, it doesn't make any difference. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. And so then what manner of people then should we be? He says, for you are the lamp, O Lord. The Lord shall enlighten my darkness. Now it's interesting here. He says, the Lord shall enlighten my darkness. Well, uh, earlier we were reading about how he did everything right. So there couldn't be any darkness in him. So we know that David then is talking about something much more complex in his life than just him being perfect. We know that it was the perfectness that came from God. For you... Can enlighten my darkness for you, for by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. That's pretty neat. In other words, numbers don't mean anything. When you're what God wants you to do, it's going to happen, man. All you got to do is just stand there and watch God do it. You say, but I get scared. Yipper, we do. I, I get scared and I want to run. But you know, God says, you stand there and I'll, I'll see you through. And sometimes, you know what faith is, friends? You know what faith is? I found that, you know, we, we, here I come to save the day. You know, kind of thing we get in our minds that, you know, I'm going to be this, you know, super Christian, you know, kind of thing. But you know what I, I really find sometimes uh, walking in faith is, is just... Just one foot in front of another, friends. And sometimes in my life as a Christian, that is all I've been able to do. But you know what? You're still here. And you didn't go. And God can still bless. And if God wants you gone, you'll be gone. Don't worry about that. But, but I'm just saying, see, see, sometimes faith isn't in this mega, I believe God can do anything. You know? And some days we just go, uh, uh, uh. I mean, like we are Frankenstein walks. But I'm serious. That's sometimes all we can do. But you know what? God honors that. 
Jesus said it like this. He said, if you have the faith as big as a mountain, you can move a mountain. Uh, that isn't what it said. If you think that's what it says, you better start reading. He said, if you have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, and that's the smallest of all seeds uh, in that area. And Jesus was saying, if you, it, it's not the magnitude of faith that you have, it's does it exist? And sometimes just it existing causes you to stand when everything in your life says run, go sideways, go worldly, do this, do that, whatever it is, go the other way. God just says, listen, faith of a grain of a mustard seed. And so sometimes your mustard seed faith might just be, oh God, I mean, it's hard. And it's nice when we have the victory and, you know, we're feeling like super Christian. But it's really hard sometimes when we don't. And I thank God, thank God for the friends, the real friends that God's put around me. You never know a friend until you go through something. And those are the ones that you know are there. And that's why God didn't have you get saved and you're all alone out there. You got people around you that want to see you cross the finish line. They're, they're not your enemy. They're not waiting for you to go through a hard time so they can pounce on you. They're, 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 you know, they're not those that say they're Christians yet. There's no fruit in their life and all they want to do is rip off yours. There's those that really are really seeing what you're about. Well, anyway, he says um, we can leap over a wall. There's nothing that will stop you. Verse 31, ask for God, his way is perfect, and his word is proven. He is a shield to those who trust in him. And again, he's your defense. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? God is my strength and my power, and he makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, and he sets me on high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend the bow of bronze. He's saying, listen. God will show you what you need to do when you need to do it. And if it comes to having to put on a good scrap for the Lord, then he'll show you how to do that. But you see, that's God working that way. Verse 36, it says, You also have given me the shield of your salvation, and your gentleness has made me great. Now again, friends, that's one of the things in God and his awesome, mighty power is David just got done speaking about how, the, how fire and smoke comes out of his nose and all these things. David says, but God, you're gentle. You know, that, that's the kind of man you want to be. You, you want to have the authority. You want to have the ability. But you always want to be gentle in how you do those things. I, I've seen people that are gentle, but, but, but they don't have any substance to them. And I've seen people that are full of wrath. And there's no gentleness in them. And so they don't know when to stop. They don't even know how to correct their kids. They think not until their kids' teeth are knocked out and they're a bloody pile of little flesh and bones that they've done their job. And there's all kinds of uh, stories in the newspaper about people who are imbalanced in these ways. You can be gentle and have no backbone. And so again, there's a balance here. And so he says, you enlarged my path under me, so my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them. Neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. So again, David here has already given God the credit for the enemies. But again, David here is saying, but God used me to do it. So again, friends, here's that balance that we talked about that we pray for. And we say, okay, Lord, how much do I do? How much do you do? Open and close the doors according to your will. I have destroyed them and wounded them so they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet. 
You have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rise against me. You have also given me the necks of my enemies. So I destroyed those who hated me. Now it's interesting, that was one of the things that um, David did concerning Goliath. He uh, pulled out Goliath's own sword and cut Goliath's own head off with a sword because David went out to meet Goliath. All he had was a slingshot. He didn't have any armament or swords or anything like that. So he used Goliath's own sword to cut his own head off. They looked, but there was none to save, even the Lord, but he did not answer them. Um, you know, it's interesting um, that um, when God's judgment is upon people, there's, it's, that's it. It says, then I will beat them as fire and dust of the earth. I trod them like dirt in the streets and I spread them out. You've also delivered me from the, the strivings of my people. You have kept me as the head of the nations. It's interesting because David for a while lost his kingly position when Absalom uh, usurped his authority. And so we remember that David here is, is saying that even though there, there has been times in my life when everything hasn't been perfect, God, you kept your promise. I think that's important because we think sometimes in our Christian experience that if we go through something hard, we don't understand that God's abandoned us. Well, David uh, lost the kingdom for a short period of time until Absalom was killed and then it was restored to him. It says, you have delivered me from the strivings of my people. Verse, uh, he says, um, a people who I, am, I, I have not known shall uh, serve me. The foreigners submit to me. As soon as they hear, they obey me. The foreigners fade away and come frightened from their hideouts. And again, because uh, they saw the power of God in David's life and knew that he was basically with God's help an unbeatable force. Verse 47, the Lord lives. Blessed be, the, blessed be my rock. Let God be exalted, the rock of my salvation. It is God who avenges me, who subdues the people under me, who delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. He is the tower of salvation to his king and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and to his descendants forevermore. And you know, friends, that's true because Jesus was from the tribe of Judah, uh, David's tribe. And it's interesting that in the prophecy that Nathan gave to David, he said, one of your descendants shall stay on the throne forever. And uh, we find that fulfilled in Christ Jesus. And so David praises God in the midst of the things that he went through. We could say, well, what kind of a relationship? You see, I, I believe that, again, friends, the Christian life sometimes is, is tough. Now, that doesn't mean it's tough every day, and, and, and we're going to have good times. But if you go through something in your Christian experience and you don't completely understand it, don't, don't give up on God. He's not done with you yet. And he'll show you his power. He'll show you his greatness. You just trust him and you'll see what God will do because God's faithful. And friends, the good news is God's faithful even when we're not. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. And we thank you, Lord, for a man who loved you. And Lord, in the midst of his failures, still retained and came back to you, Lord, and you forgave him. And what an inspiration that is for us, Lord. In this life that we live, and sometimes when we slip and fall and skin our knees, but Lord, you pick us up. You dust us off and you keep us going. And so, Lord, we ask you now that you would just cause us to have that understanding that you're not going to leave us. That, Lord, that you delight in us. And so, Father, tonight, may your Holy Spirit continue to work within our lives 
to strengthen us, to encourage us. Lord, to have our eyes wide open for opportunities to see what you will do. And Lord, if the enemies come, hey, you're going to take care of them for us. Father, your word says that you're greater than anything that we have done wrong. God, you're greater than any enemy that we may have. You're greater than our prides and our arrogances, God. You're greater than any. And so, Lord, we turn it over to you. And we say, okay, Lord, may you have your perfect will in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's Pastor Mike Kessler, Senior Pastor at the River Christian Fellowship with Second Samuel on its time. If you'd like to have your own copy of today's episode, you can obtain one for free from the daily iTunes podcast. If you want a hard copy, you can give us a call at 800-357-4226 to place your order. And while you do that, don't forget that 2 Samuel is part two of the first and second Samuel series available from the River Christian Fellowship. Please tune in next time for another relevant Bible study on It's Time. It's time.